Boris Johnson has resigned as an MP with immediate effect. Um, Hello and welcome to The Trawl, where we scroll through social media so you don't have to. I'm Gemma Forte. And I'm Marina Perkis. And sometimes there's so much going on in the world of news and politics that we don't know where to start. It can actually feel quite overwhelming. And I reckon that's how Rishi Sunak felt as the Johnson <laughs> honours dropped. Then he had the further two MP resignations and the by-elections that were triggered because Sunak didn't tweet or say a word. And then when he finally did take to Twitter, he wrote this. Never thought I'd see another team win the treble in my lifetime. Whoever you support, it's an incredible achievement. Congratulations to Pep and the team. Oh, we were just missing some very natural photographs of him and Keir Starmer <laughs> with their shirt sleeves up. That's what they do, don't they, when football matches happen? And they always look really natural. Anyway, parody <laughs> underscore PM tweeted, P.S. What is a treble? And who the F is Pep? <laughs> and <laughs> Alan at A1AN underscore M put IG down as more of a Tottenham Rovers fan. Everyone just knows he's a complete fraud when it comes to football, <laughs> don't they? In fact, yeah. not just football. So Simon Harris at Simon Harris underscore MBD wrote, Mate, you can't even use chip and pin. Don't pretend you know what in Greek buggery is going on in the football. <laughs> Quite. Oh, it's so true. Anything normal, it just makes it abnormal. So, okay, before we <laughs> delve in, we want to bring you some reaction to the Johnson drama, starting with this. It's a clip posted by Chris Rand at Chris Ray BND writes with the caption, the audience on Radio 4's Any Questions seem to express the nation's sentiment rather beautifully this evening. We do record on a Friday evening. It goes out on a Saturday. But I do want to bring you some news that's just broken on Friday evening, which is that Boris Johnson has resigned as an MP with immediate effect. Um... joke i was out on saturday night at a party and actually a couple of people mentioned that they were like did you hear from footage i said oh i haven't seen it yet fabulous i know and it's like a teaser it's like a little teaser of how we're gonna feel if when they are booted out of yeah government oh god the parties the street parties like yeah it's gonna be it's gonna wild it's gonna go off it's gonna go down it's gonna go everywhere <laughs> I know. I'm going to be unavailable for a few days after, I think. And of course, while some people were overjoyed, though, he still got his little gang of people who were furious and some people were indignant and some were very, very sad. I'm going to miss Boris Johnson, like uh, Lizzie Cundy on GB News. And I'm sorry, we've got to look at some of the things Boris has done. And I, I, I for one, miss him. Mm. Uh, I miss his uh, maverick ways and his personality. Mm. But most of all, what he did do, and as you mentioned, Anna, the, the, the vaccine rollout, he, he was fantastic with his support, the first to support Zelensky in the Ukraine war. And he did support Brexit. He did do it. Mm. <laughs> oh yes, because that's that's an essential part of the PM skill set. Actually, it's what we so desperately need from our PM, isn't it, Lizzie? Maverick ways, also known as rule breaking. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's gone really, really well having a maverick in charge. It's been it's just been fantastic. I mean, the whole country needs a lie down and is sort of on the precipice in every way. But yes, yeah, it's, it's gone great. And also, if you've got your little bingo card there, you can go. Yeah, vaccine rollout, tick. It was the NHS, uh, Ukraine war. I mean, really also, got, bre- forget, got Brexit he, done. But people forget as well. He didn't turn up to the Cobra meetings. He sort of denied COVID existed. He locked down late. He told people to carry on. He told people he shook hands with people. Like, and then he's like, oh, vaccine rollout. Like he was there himself putting the bloody thing in people's arms. No, he wasn't. Stop making up stuff. Yeah, I know. What a load of rubbish. But mm. some people were actually, mm. I'd say more than sad. They were angry, Marina. They were furious. Mm. Oh, the hyperbole all kicked in. Everything started getting a bit, <laughs> a bit cray cray on Twitter. People were talking about... But despite the fact they'd just seen with their own eyes and ears him resigning, they were talking about him being forced out, the ousting of him. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> if only, I'd like to oust him out. I would physically, if I could get behind the big bear, I'd give it a go, shove him somewhere. Honestly, the removal of the most successful PM who won an 80-seat majority because he had some cake. Oh, it was all the bingo. And then the kangaroo court, if I heard another one of them saying that. In fact, Marina, mm. I played a little game over the weekend and it was, can I find the worst take? So I've got this for you. I've got some of my winners, okay? <laughs> so uh, Andrew Pierce of Daily Mail fame, I think he gets definitely bronze, at Tory Boy Pierce said... That it was the ultimate victory for the Remainer blob who uh, never forgave him for Brexit Britain. And Ian Dunn quote tweeted this and just put, yeah, except the report was by a committee with a Tory majority and the Commons vote on it would have had the Tory majority and the constituency, which would have decided his fate, voted leave. Apart from that, you're spot on. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> then there's this guy called Kevin Edgar. Have you ever seen him crop up? He just calls himself like opinionated and a pub and drink lover, but he's got quite a big following. He gets silver medal and don't bother following mm. him. He's an absolute bell. But he No, tweeted, I see him. He crops up in my feed and I know exactly who you mean. He just yeah. chats. He's like a Nile Gardner, but a junior version. Yeah, yeah. And he just tweeted, Boris, <laughs> I think he was being serious. He tweeted, Boris Johnson will be a massive loss. Absolutely got it. Oh, my God. Can't relate. And then Dan Wooten of GB News gets <laughs> gold. I mean, uh, if you like, the golden bell. This is uh, – I'm going to have to take a deep breath for this one. Okay. The successful witch hunt against Boris Johnson has been absolutely appalling. Harriet Harman <laughs> ran an anti-democratic kangaroo court. A terrible day for the Conservative Party and British democracy. And Alistair Campbell quote tweeted it with, twat tv line to take i wear just these people walk amongst us but which bit do you find most annoying marina because as i said i think for me it's the kangaroo court line i find really insidious because actually the Mm. stupid sex yeti it by saying that it puts them in potential contempt again i think it's all of that i think it's all of the like blaming of the remainers when and also Johnson, his constituency of Uxbridge and South Ryslip, also has a Tory majority. So literally everyone that was going to decide his fate from the Privileges Committee, making the recommendation to the House of Commons, right through to his constituents that would have had to vote on a recall election if one was triggered. Every single step of that had a Tory majority. And yet ousted, Gemma. Ousted. Oh, oh. Um, and also the bit I don't like, which I want to correct, is that 
a lot of these bands are saying, you know, how could we ditch our most successful PM? He won us an AC majority. It was a landslide, historical, blah, blah, blah. But actually, we've all made, been made to believe that. I, I swallowed it as well. But then I learned, as tweeted by Professor Colin Talbot, that in 2017, Theresa May won with 13.6 million votes. So that's mm. 42.4% vote share. Yeah. Whereas in 2019, in Johnson's like, you know, so-called historical landslide, he won with 13.9 million votes and a 43.6% share, meaning oh. Johnson added like, I think it's 1.2%. Or more plainly, Johnson added 330,000 extra votes. So it wasn't this monumental landslide. He wasn't massively more popular. That's a myth or, you know, as more commonly known, that's bollocks. Yeah. And thanks to our brilliant first past the post system, if you added up everybody who voted for other parties, it came to way more than people that voted for Conservative. But anyway, oh. the thing is, these days, Marina and I know where to go if we want to just go and find a load of nonsense online. I mean, we all do really, don't we? So the mail straight away, they were perpetuating all the witch hunt rubbish. And then there was an article posted by the Mail on Sunday, though nobody put their name to it, and I can't think why, that had the headline, <laughs> Boris is a tiger undone by minuscule nibbling mice. And Mike Wright at Broken Bottle Boy replied, if you're a tiger that can get undone by mice, you're a shit tiger. <laughs> and then <laughs> Niall Gardner, our archetypal Tory sycophant, one of Johnson's most disciplined and deluded stooge, little reference there to our last ep. He also, by the way, he has posted the same picture of him and Johnson on his Twitter about 200 times. <laughs> so I reckon he's got poster version yeah. at home. He just wrote <laughs> that it was an outrageous ousting of Boris Johnson. I Ugh. know. And I did respond to him. I was really hoping to get a response because just answer the question. I was like, Niall, please answer the question because Johnson wasn't ousted, was he? The Privileged Committee couldn't oust him. Parliament couldn't even oust him. It was only his Uxbridge and South Rysdip constituents that could have ousted him in a recall. And he cowardly chose to avoid them, even though there is a Tory majority in that constituency. So, Niall, why lie? And I was polite. <laughs> Didn't call him a bell end or anything. He doesn't block me yet. But didn't get any response. No response from Niall. And Niall isn't alone because there were so many shills just peddling this line that he was ousted, forced out. I mean, it's just like, where do we live? Oh, and the other thing that's winding me right up is this blob chat. And it's oh, spreading. God. It is spreading. And Tom Swarbrick was on LBC the other night doing drive time. And it was good. He was addressing it saying, what do you think this blob thing is? And <laughs> he had this one caller who was... So deluded, Marina, I can't tell you. He did this whole conspiracy chat about how Johnson, you know, had to fight the blob. Who's the blob? He couldn't really articulate who it was, but he went round the houses. He mentioned Jeremy Corbyn a few times. He mentioned all he sorts. Did. And then Tom Swarbrick said, but and he said, oh, Theresa May, she was part of the blob and her Brexit deal was part of the blob. And then Tom Swarbrick went, so why did Johnson vote for Theresa May's deal then? And he went, oh, because he wasn't in the blob on that day. Like, oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
And then mm. our mate Richard Tice did a whole piece to camera on Talk TV where he managed to blame the blob and globalists. And before you listen to it, I just want to point out as well, listen to his presentation style. It's quite, shall we say, measured or slow? <laughs> that long-term prime minister that drove significant change. But then the challenges he faced, the Remainers that wanted him out. And I would suspect if one's trying to be impartial about it, what he didn't do was read the room. He failed to read the room and adapt <laughs> and adjust and get really solid, great people around him, which I think he did do, much more so, <laughs> as mayor of London. Whatever oh. your view of Boris, good, bad, indifferent, it's pretty clear to me that the blob and the establishment and the globalists, oh, they've won the day God. so far because they've forced him out. Oh, shut up. Can I just say, he sounds pissed. It sounds like... You know when you've been at a really bad dinner party and it's the end of the night and there's some idiot wanging on in the corner. He's like, oh, so, so. And then, oh, oh, oh. And everyone's like, can someone order him an Uber, please? Quick. Anyway, there you go. Won't be tuning into his show. <laughs> and someone called Andrew Johnson was so funny. At it must be Andy just came back with blobbalists. <laughs> yes, that's right. Blame the blobbalists. A wonderful amalgam. It's like J-Lo, but with globalists and the blob. It's so lazy. I would actually really love to debate with Richard Tice. I'd love to actually get him to explain what he means by the blob and like to get him to give us some detail behind how globalists <laughs> forced out Johnson. Blobbalists. Mm. <laughs> blobbalists. <laughs> oh, because this is how ridiculous they are. Right. Because as far as I can see, these handily ambiguous scapegoats, the blob, globalists, whatever, they get dished out by people who are too chicken shit to be specific because they don't want to say specifically what it is because then you can just break down their argument, which is why I would love to debate this with Richard Tice. But I don't think Richard Tice will debate me anymore because mm. word on the street is that you might be a little bit scared of me. That's right. You've absolutely stuffed it by doing your mug thing, you see. So now they don't want to meet you. Although I can think of one person, perhaps, who is silly enough to go, oh, no, absolutely, it'd be fine. Prince Andrew, because he agreed <laughs> to an interview with Emily Maitlis. So I reckon you could have a little chat with Prince Monsalot about how he doesn't sweat. But anyway, in the absence of real thinking, uh, just blame the blob that doesn't exist. Great. Should we get some T-shirts made up, Gemma? Blame the mm. blobbalists. <laughs> At this rate, Mr. Blobby is going to be the Prime Minister of the UK and it would actually be better than Liz Truss and better than Johnson. So that's good. Anyway, thank God for the sane voices who are cutting through the crap. Alistair Campbell was on the news describing Johnson as a turd that was finally going to be flushed away. And I absolutely loved Dominic Grieve speaking on Sky. Take a listen. Carl Turner, the Labour MP, posted the clip saying Dominic Grieve, KC, Privy Council, nails liar Johnson. He never ceases to astonish because if really he wanted to stand by his principles and he believes he's been improperly treated by the committee... 
then you'd have expected him to stand up in the House of Commons when he had the opportunity to make his personal statement, to have explained why he disagreed with the committee, uh, and to have waited to see whether there was going to be a recall petition, and if there was a recall petition, to have fought his seat in the by-election. What we see yet again is that Mr Johnson is actually a bully and a poltroon. He bullies, he uses his invective against everybody who might stand in his way, when it actually comes to the decisive moment, he jumps before the consequences of his actions become apparent. Yeah, Don McGreave nailed it there. But I just don't, I don't want to move on from the blob thing because there are blobs <laughs> everywhere, Gemma. And Jake Berry, the Conservative MP, tweeted this. You voted for Brexit. The establishment blocked it. You voted for Boris Johnson. The establishment has forced him out. Who is in charge here? The voters or the blob. <laughs> the only blob around here is Blobber Lobber Johnson. Flipping heck, Jake, what are you on about? And yeah, people voted for Brexit, but your party promised such utter fantasy that even your 80-seat majority couldn't deliver it because it didn't exist. And yeah, people voted for Boris Johnson, <laughs> but a mass exodus of Tory MPs resigned in protest. He's a massive coward. There was the Pincher scandal, the Owen Patterson scandal. He's an electoral liability and Partygate. I mean, my goodness me. So, yeah. The Conservatives, by the way, are actually down now to a 66-seat majority. And he'd still made the call that that 66-seat majority would bin him off, which is why he decided to resign. But hang on a second. Did Jake Berry just say that Brexit was blocked? Yeah. Because how is this possible, given that lot keep telling us he got Brexit done. This lot can't even lie straight. And on that note of lying straight, let's move on to Grant Shapps. So you'd think a government secretary of state might be able to keep on top of their lies, but nope, not Shapps. So have a listen to him here in this clip posted by the London Economic. It's in two parts, and the first is Grant on the Sophie Ridge show on Sky on Sunday. I think I'm somebody who thinks that, I mean, I actually happened to vote for Brexit as, as it happens. So did you get that? He uh, happened to vote for Brexit as it happens. And now listen to this clip of Grant Shapps again from 2016. Look, in the end, I have come to the conclusion that because of concerns for uh, the, really the uncertainty of leaving, what it would mean for business, I will vote for Remain. Oh. Yeah, you see, I think I know what happened. Right, for those of you who don't know, it's well documented that Grant Shapps has used a number of other names for his businessman alter ego. So allegedly there was Michael Green, <laughs> Sebastian Fox, and even Corinne Stockheath. So okay. I reckon what happened was this. Grant Shapps voted leave. Michael voted remain. Sebastian went to market and Corinne went wee, 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 all the way home. <laughs> <laughs> he is one who makes a right tit of himself, doesn't he? He's one that will just go on and say anything. And in the, both of those clips, he seemed very sort of hesitant, nervous. And yeah. And it was clear to me as well that he'd been briefed to deliver the message that the government was moving on from Johnson. He had to absolutely land that they were moving on. Listen to the clip posted by the London Economic. The world has sort of moved on from what was quite a dramatic period 
under Brexit and, of course, under the, uh, you know, the, the issues related to the to COVID and, and the vaccine and the rest of it. So do you think it was moved on from Boris Johnson? Well, I mean, clearly, just factually speaking, Boris Johnson's no longer um, prime minister. Uh, uh, but there was also always a lot of drama that came with all of that. Uh, the world has moved on. I think the world has moved on in that regard. You, you say that there was always a lot of drama around Boris Johnson, which is a bit of an understatement, really. The what was the question I asked you, <laughs> Yes, I mean, are, are we moving on? Has the world moved? Yes, yeah, of, course it, of course it's moved on. And these are things... <laughs> moving on up, moving on up, and moving on up, and nothing else matters. Jesus, Grant. Do you want to be a bit more wooden? And also, Grant, we haven't moved on. No, I haven't moved on. I'm still really fed up. And he wasn't just telling Porky's on Ridge's show on Sunday either. He was also on Laura Coonsberg's show, and then he was being quizzed on Johnson's honours list when he claimed that Gordon Brown had a resignation honours list too, which is bullshit, actually. And mm. uh, by the way, Tony Blair didn't either. It was Cameron who brought the tradition back and absolutely stuffed some cronies in, as did Theresa May. But this idea that it has to be this way is absolute bullshit. And Laura Coonsberg did eventually correct this. But have you ever heard a more dismissive sort of rude correction? It's sort of almost quite insulting, I think. Have a listen to this clip posted by at haggis underscore UK. For all you political pub quiz champions out there, you might have noticed it already. Grant Shapp said that Gordon Brown had a resignation honours list. In fact, he had a dissolution honours list, which actually gave rewards to members of all political parties. We like to make nerds happy on a Sunday morning. So that clarification is something you can entertain your friends and relatives with throughout the day. Bit rude, isn't it? Don't know. Yeah, a little bit rude. Also, well, are you a serious programme or are you not a serious programme? Yeah, exactly. Right. So at Shaden Freudum 1 wrote, Laura Coonsberg really didn't want to correct Shapsis lie, did she? Rather than saying, we want to make sure that you are told the truth. It's like, oh, we like to keep the nerds happy. Laura Coonsberg thinks viewers who want the truth on her shows are nerds. Talk about, like, know your audience, Laura. If people are spending yeah. their Sunday mornings watching politics and news shows, they're probably into politics and want facts. But, uh, hey, you know, maybe we're just nerds. I've never been called a nerd. Well, you have. Do you know who else doesn't deal in facts? Mm, Grant Shapps. Sorry, I've not finished with Grant Shapps. Because <laughs> as he was doing the media rounds on Sunday, he went on to say, I think we're in a phase now of using the many benefits of Brexit. <laughs> An account named at Bettina S. Ross 1 tweeted, the phase commonly known as fiction. <laughs> and the other low light of Laura Koonsberg's show was she got Nigel Farage on. Oh. Got Nigel Farage on. Farage on the BBC after everything he has done. The racist poster, the huge lies. The fact that he is a, effectively a kept man bankrolled or was certainly bankrolled by Aaron Banks and yet there he is on the BBC in fact just before we move on from that because I do lots of falling down rabbit holes to you know bring you the troll and you know Twitter and tweets and stuff I actually hadn't realized quite how bankrolled Farage was by Aaron Banks and blimey it was mega so Channel 4 News alleged that Banks gave his little Brexit bitch Farage a fully furnished Chelsea home, right, worth about £13,000 a month, a Range wow. Rover, 
a driver and quite a bit of pocket money as well, all in the year after Brexit. Kept man. Ugh. And then he's just there, wanging on, criticising Sunak for not repealing EU laws. And he said how over 10 Conservative MPs had spoken to him about a coming together of right-wing parties. Awful. And he even went on GB News to say this about a potential alliance with Johnson, which I do you really think Johnson would want to team up with him? I'm not so sure. Now, you're talking does, about partnerships. You're talking about going into partnership with Boris. Well, Trump. I disagree. Consider with, that. I dis- okay. I disagree with Boris Johnson fundamentally on many of his metro liberal views. Mm. But if anybody can turn on a sixpence <laughs> and say they now believe in something completely different, it's Boris Johnson. The important thing to remember is this: on the biggest issue of our age, the biggest constitutional question we will face in our lifetimes, most likely, namely Brexit that Boris actually was on the same side as myself and others. There are now, and I've heard it this morning, major Conservative donors and supporters who say they will never support the party again. So it's so so fagrin as well. And also, he's another one, issue. Issue! He says issue, Marina. And then he's... Anyway, how this... <laughs> you sound like Nick Ferrari. Nick Ferrari loves a bit of heavy breathing. God almighty. <laughs> I tell you what Farage needs. He needs to go on a jog with Johnson, take up some of that healthy living that Johnson does. Well, you know when you see him like a big old blunderbuss sort of harumphing around the block, except he does about five metres and then just for the cameras and then goes inside. Yeah. Oh, anyway, so you never know. Perhaps yeah, hang on, Johnson just just on, just on that. Do you remember that clip? And it was like he actually got caught. The yeah. Range Rover like dropped him off outside the hotel, and he got out of the Range Rover and then jogged in his sports gear to the entrance, which was about three meters away, to like give this impression that he'd arrived jogging. <laughs> and also to jog, he wears like baggy shorts and then like a shirt and jumper. It's really odd. There's no leisure wear there. Shirt, shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, perhaps they are teaming up. Who knows? Who cares? I'm absolutely past it. Like, that would be hell, wouldn't it? It would be absolute hell. And Isabel Oakeshott, who's Tice's lady and a journalist in her own right, (laughs) she described this as a rallying cry to disillusioned Tories or people who just want to be so right-wing that they're almost going in a circle. That's who she means. Thing is, if Johnson is going to go off and team up with somebody else or who knows, he's so unpredictable, but it would also explain why he doesn't give a shit about the damage that he's doing to Sunak or the Tory party as a whole. But then he never did care, did he, about Mm. the party? Of course Mm. he didn't. Yeah, but then there's also the theory that maybe Johnson is planning to stand in Nadine Doris's constituency, which has got a whopping great majority, which again is like, what's wrong with actual people? Like people (laughs) of mid-Bedfordshire why has she got such a big bloody majority? It was like 25,000 people. And by the way, I love the fact that she's supposed to have this like affinity to the people of mid-Bedfordshire and then she like just <laughs> quits serving them because she didn't get a peerage. Didn't get a peerage. <laughs> exactly. Mm. And also another thing that's really disappointing is Labour and Lib Dems have said they won't do an electoral pact for any of the by-elections which is a bit worrying. And by the way, I'm just going to touch on this because it's breaking news like this evening. Labour could not have disappointed me more this evening. 
because just before we hit record, they failed to basically, in the Lords, to support Jenny Jones's fatal motion to stop that crazy authoritarian power grab from the Conservative government to basically make the public order bill even more of an assault on our freedoms. And yeah. the Labour Lords, I think they abstained. And I'm just sick to the back teeth of this shitty Labour. Oh, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. Mm. It's a shame as well, because I was quite enjoying Rachel Reeves on LBC. And, and I sort of felt a little bit of a sort of hope. And then, yeah, you just get dashed down again. Ah. Anyway. Yeah, cheers, Labour. Cheers, Labour. And the bastards will still get my bloody vote, because that's how desperate I am to get the Tories out. And because we live in this two-party system, but I am so disappointed in Labour. They honestly stop being shit. You're not in government. You're in opposition. Oppose the stuff we need you to oppose. Pathetic. Anyway, just going back, sorry, I'm furious tonight. I'm just going back to if Johnson were to go into Nadine Doris's constituency, parachuted in, people were saying, like, you actually shouldn't be allowed to do that. An account called at People Make Me Crazy wrote, if you resign in one seat, you resign altogether. And that does make sense, but I'm guessing the rules allow you to do this. But there was a quote from Sir Jacob Rees-Mogg, Gemma, Sir Jacob Rees-Mogg, and it appears that actually Johnson might be doing just that because this Sky News article read, issuing a direct threat to Mr Sunak, Sir Jacob added, I would most strongly warn Conservative Party managers against any attempt to block Boris if he seeks the party nomination in another seat. Any attempt to do so would shatter our fragile party unity and plunge the Conservatives into civil war. Oh, Christ, get them out. He's gone even further since then. The Guardian reported that Jacob Rees-Mogg said he was hopeful about Johnson's chance of a comeback. And he said that at some indeterminate date in the future, Johnson could come back on his charger to save the nation. Like, he ain't no knight. Do you know what I mean? And also, please don't. Don't do that. (laughs) And as for Johnson's ex-constituency of Uxbridge and South Ryslip, so Johnson won't be running there, but guess who has announced they will be? Uh, it's Lawrence Fox of the Reclaim Party. Bloody hell. I mean, you've got to feel for the people of Uxbridge and South Ryslip. Imagine having to endure not one, but now two. Complete. And just in case UK politics wasn't enough of a binfire, on top of all the drama, the scandal, the civil war, brewing within the Tory party... The ex-leader of the SNPs, Nicola Sturgeon, was arrested and she was then released without charge, pending further investigation into SNP funding. But still, still, and at Lewis underscore Goodall wrote, Keir Starmer has had worse weeks. I know. I just saw the headline, 52-year-old has been arrested. And I was like, what 52-year-old? And then it was Sturgeon (laughs) and Russ and Cheshire surmised how disappointing it would be if she did do something but also how yeah she needs to be held accountable absolutely so he wrote extraordinary it doesn't matter if they're on your team or not if Sturgeon's guilty she should face the consequences same with Johnson same with any Labour MP doing shit this isn't about left or right us or them we need clean politics Mm, absolutely. A little sidebar as we're talking about facing consequences, a little sidebar before we move on to underrated tweet of the week. There's been a Michelle Moan update, right? <laughs> and it's quite funny. 
So she has reportedly, or she had reportedly, hired a PR agency to rescue her image following the PPE scandal, right? And then the agency reportedly dropped her, which is funny because said agency apparently boasts that it can uncancel anybody. And then they cancelled her. (laughs) Good. And also... I'm sorry, you can't PR your way out of everything in life. You can't just throw money at it. If you don't want people to think you're an absolute bell, don't be an absolute bell, you know. (laughs) Great, words of wisdom. (laughs) Do you think that will be like put it on a tea towel? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Right, underrated tweet of the week time. Sarah Murphy at 13, Sarah Murphy wrote, If you're blaming the blob for Johnson disgracing his office, lying to Parliament and quitting when he got found out, then you've lost it. The blob isn't a thing. The only enemy out there is yourself. You need to take responsibility for your choices and accept they were shit. (laughs) Very true. And speaking (laughs) of the blob, the blob, 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 another one came in to response, another underrated tweet to Dan Wooten who was busy tweeting some self-congratulatory crap about how well GB News is doing and saying how the M is M, the blob and the establishment would try to shut them down. And I'd imagine this tweet also was in response to the news, as reported by The Mirror, that Good Morning Britain's Richard Madeley had taken a tour of the GB News studios as the channel set to swoop for the GMB star. So, yeah. Sir Andrew Gosh. Barnett... At Scott Andrew 444 wrote, I think it's nice that all the most amateur journalists and the most gullible viewers have somewhere they can be together. (laughs) Right. Thank you so much for listening. They've been hefty episodes this week, but my goodness, there's been a lot going on. So thank you. And if you enjoyed, please share, leave a review and write on to pudding. And this week's is a treat. They always are. But this one is a farewell ode to Johnson. And it comes from the Marsh family. They are literally a singing YouTube family at Marsh Songs, who, by the way, they've got a proper single coming out this week to raise awareness for Refugee Week. Uh, And it's called See Your Face Again. But for now, enjoy this. Farewell to old Johnson forever. Farewell to his bunkum as well. Farewell to his well-known defaming. As he cuts and he runs and he sells Singing you will lie, you will lie readily Singing you will lie every which way Singing you will lie, you will lie grubbly But you'll not be an MP today There's the taxes we paid for your slander
conspirators Take warning from what we've to say Your bojo's no more than a busted flush So just flush the...